There's a good reason London is one of the most visited cities on Earth. With a deep history all around you, world-class museums you can visit for free, a lively West End theater scene, and so much nightlife, it's a great place for travelers. But with 9 million residents, the jam-packed tube, as their subway's called, and so much to see and do, London can be overwhelming. Luckily, we've got two top-notch guides from London here, Robert Halkett and Stephen Beck. And they're both Blue Badge guides. They're in our studio to help us plan an ideal week in their city. Robert and Stephen, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, Stephen, you're a Blue Badge guide. I know guides are very proud of that. What does the Blue Badge mean? How do you get it? Uh, The Blue Badge is a a qualification uh, that was established uh, really after the uh, Second World War. And uh, to become a Blue Badge guide, you apply... Uh, take an exam, and then you study. Uh, The course at present is about 15 months long, I want to say, with lectures and uh, a lot of um, go-sees, so a lot of research trips to museums, to castles, to to galleries, and learning really how to, to speak and speak to relevant things, to look at things perhaps in, in different ways, and to deliver it in a fairly simple way way, which isn't always easy. So what's your specialty? What are you sort of most passionate about? I enjoy art, architecture, maritime, uh, history in London. So you could um, take me to Greenwich, which has Greenwich. art, architecture, and maritime. All three, yes. I just love it. Fabulous. Take me into that incredible building there with that wonderful painting. The Painted Hall. Yeah. Yes, the Painted Hall is is amazing, showing the... They describe it as one of the finest uh, Baroque painted uh, sort of interiors in Europe. And it's all about the glorification of of a king and a sort of vilification of another king. So it's all about thumbs up for William in uh, in England and definite thumbs down for, for Louis so, in France. So it's Britain triumphing, yes. England triumphing. Yes. And and Robert Halcott, you're, you're from London. You've been a guide for 30 years. Over the last 30 years, how has the city changed for you as a guide? Well, first of all, it's become much busier. Mm-hmm. When I first started working, which was back in 1987, you could do a full-day tour of London within eight hours quite easily. Yeah. You could do the Abbey in the morning, the guard change in the morning. Mm-hmm. You could have lunch. You could do the Tower of London, St. Paul's Cathedral. So you could fit everything in. But London, um, like most cities so it's nowadays, just more congested. it's just more congested. Slower there's, to get around. There's more people. There's more traffic. You know, um, when I first came to London, the hop-on, hop-off tours, which I think started in London, mm-hmm. and now they're all over the world, these beautiful double-decker That's buses right. with the open top and a, and a guide with a microphone, it was a great tour. But now you take the hop-on, hop-off bus tour, and you're sitting in traffic a That's lot. the problem now. It's not possible to You just to can't do, do it. And, and, and I've, I've I, got this love of that, but I, I feel I might be loving something that's no longer there. It's not there because of the traffic yeah. and the congestion. Right. So I've changed my tours. I now do much more walking. I enjoy yeah. the walking tours because you're out of the traffic. I do, too. I've you're got away. The, I've, I've got a free app with all these guided walks, and you start on Westminster Bridge. Exactly. You walk over, you see Big Ben, you, you see Westminster Abbey, you walk up Whitehall, Trafalgar you can Square, see it all. Yeah. all down the Strand, all the way to St. Paul's And Cathedral. as you're walking, you see all of that traffic just yeah. at a standstill. So that's a tip right there. Yeah. Walk. 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 It's London's a walking city. And plan, because it's so big. But if you plan smartly, you do it by neighborhood, you can pretty much lace things together by walking. And think twice about going out from the center, because it takes That's longer right. than you would imagine to get there That's and right. back. 
So let's talk about if you have a week in London, and there's three cities, four cities in Europe that I would say really deserve a week. You've got Istanbul, Paris, Rome, and London. To me, there's a lot of great cities, but you can be very busy in London for a week. Uh, Stephen, if you were thinking of London without getting into all the details and thinking about each day, but just in general, what are the five or six important things you got to do when you're in London? For a first-time visitor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think those sort of major three-star attractions, and I suppose that would be the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace, Westminster Abbey, the Tower of London, the British Museum, combining also with perhaps a river cruise, and that could be down to Greenwich, so outside time as well as as insight. I mean, what Robert was alluding to about traffic and how the city has yeah. changed. Uh, and figuring you can take out. the boat from Westminster Bridge all the way to Greenwich. Absolutely, you? yes. And does it still come with a, a sort of a, a saucy guided tour from the, from the <laughs> yes, captain? Yes. I just love yes. that. They always say, I'm not paid to do this. And you're going to have no complaints. <laughs> well but I'm just going to jabber on while we cruise. Yes. And I love it. It's yes. a real hoot. Yes. So, Some of them are actually pretty good. I, I mean, that makes well, you You cruise by that one building where they keep all the records and they say, this is where we uh, hatch them, latch them, and dispatch them. Yeah. Somerset House. That's Somerset right. House. Yeah. Yeah. Deaths and marriages. <laughs> okay. So um, let's see. Robert, Stephen gave us a good list there. Was there anything you would add to that? Um, nowadays, London is great for its food. It okay. wasn't always good for food. That's true. In the old days, you just hoped you to have your fish and just, chips and mushy peas. And that was it. And that was but it. But now we have great markets. It's There's foodie capital. Spitterfields, Borough Market. So make a point to go to a market. Go to a market. And uh, a market. Covent Garden is very kitschy and touristy. It's too touristy. It's too touristy. And it doesn't really It's not a market that. anymore. It's not a market no, it's, anymore. It's an amusement no. park no. With, a, with a Georgian no. outfits or something That's like that. That's right. What's the market just over the bridge by the Tower of London? Borough, um, Borough Market, What's which the, what do you is think the of that? other side of the bridge. It's very busy, but it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's sort of trendy, it's, but it's still real. And I think it's the oldest. Is, yeah. Isn't that right? It's, yes. it's the oldest yes. um, market in London. The Borough Market. And from there, you can walk to some interesting things. You can. There's the um, the old uh, theater for surgery. Mm-hmm. That's right. In, in old, old operating theater. The operating yeah. old operating yeah. theater. The There's Globe Theater. The Globe Theater is nearby. Uh, it's just a beautiful place to walk. And you've got this... What's the walk along the south side of the Thames called? Oh, the South Bank Walk, the all south. the way up to the South Bank Centre. Just over that direction behind you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about London with Robert Halkett and Stephen Beck. So we were talking about these great sites if you have a week in London. Of course, you've got Westminster Abbey. And Stephen, you mentioned Westminster Abbey, and it really is a chance to celebrate the, the heritage of England. It's, it's filled with tombs and memorials of... Every, every famous name almost you remember. And I, I find just walking through Westminster is, is an inspiration. Robert, what's your tip for Westminster Abbey? Oh, it's, um, it's, it's definitely a must-see. You have to go into the Abbey. 900 years of England's history, over 36 kings and queens are buried in there, the good and the great. Mm. It, it's England's or Britain's history in stone, but it gets very busy. Um, And I would say be there as early as you can. Try to get yourself there early. It opens at 9.30 in the morning. So if you can be there for 9 for the doors opening. There's a handful of sites that really do suffer from crowds. That's the... London has become a very fashionable, very trendy The Tower of London is a big obligation. The Tower of London. It's expensive. There's a long line to get in. But they work very hard to make it entertaining. They do. It's like an over-the-top amusement at some incredible cultural fair. And uh, you get the uh, guided tour with the Beefeaters included and, and their characters, these, That's these right. guys. 
Uh, you get a look at the crown jewels. What else would you see, Stephen, in the Tower of London? Oh, any number of things. Obviously, you'd, you'd visit the rather sad spot of, of the execution of three queens of England, uh-huh. um, and you really do reflect on that that history. And the earlier you get, as, as you were mentioning, going early, quieter, and you can really soak up that feeling. So go um, there first thing. I think so, yes. Yeah. And um, and even sometimes in, in quieter times in the off-season when it's cold, I find the tower is actually more atmospheric. Atmospheric, yeah, and it's not very difficult to find a dreary, drizzly, gray day. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say go early in the morning and make a beeline for the the crown jewels. Yes, absolutely. That's right, and you can can get the tickets for the, um, the opening ceremony. The ceremony of the keys? The ceremony for the keys is in the evening. That's but the they closing all, ceremony. That's yeah. the closing, but they also have an opening ceremony. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, which starts very early. I think it's about 8.30 they start, and you can be the first person in the line for the crown jewels. So you, you go through the trouble of, you have to have a you, reservation You need a reservation. That, and you're one of the elites that get in before you get in it's before. open. Um, one of the omen warders will give yeah. you a talk. And then you see the tower being opened. Worth you watch the ceremony, yeah. the tower being opened. And as it's opened, he lets you go and you rush up to the, the crown jewels. Because I've done the closing ceremony and okay. it takes a little doing, but you do feel special because you're there with the yeoman warder. It's quiet. They're shutting it down and you get a sense of the majesty and the history of that place. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about London. Our guides are Stephen Beck and Robert Halkett. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Rebecca's on the line from Tampa in Florida. Rebecca, thanks for your call. Hi. So um, I know England pretty well. I've lived there for two years, but I'm about to take eight family members over to show them around, and I want them to have the most British experience possible. So can you guys recommend anywhere for afternoon tea or high tea? Oh, that's a good question. First of all, Stephen, what's the difference between afternoon tea and high tea? I can, I don't know what. The well, it, it, there's, it gets kind of complicated. There's afternoon tea, high tea, cream tea. Afternoon tea is, I guess, what we traditionally and what guests coming to the country have that visual of the right. sandwiches, the scones, with the three tiered, with the three tiers, tier, scone thing. or the scone, whichever way you're going to call it. But that sort of that whole presentation. So, where do we go for a good value and a good experience? <laughs> I would say I like Fortnum and Mason. It's not the cheapest uh, places. It's certainly not the most expensive because you can go to Claridge's and the Ritz. It's a little old-fashioned, and I mm-hmm. and I like it. But you can get those afternoon teas. Fortnum and Mason's. Is, I think there's a piano music for that. Yes. So it's nice. Yes. Robert. Um, I like the Montague, which is a hotel close to the British Museum. Oh, that's handy. Um, so you can have afternoon tea, and then you can go to the British Museum. The Rebecca? Waldorf also has Waldorf, a nice... Yeah. What's the one named after the car maker? Um, Wolseley. The Wolseley. Yeah. Wolseley. That's the a good Walsley. tea. And in Very some cases, you can, if you've got eight people, you could probably order four pots of tea and four actual afternoon teas. You could. And you'd have more than enough food and you'd cut your cost by 40%. And there's a lot of food with afternoon tea. Yeah. So I think, Rebecca, if you're on a, on a budget with eight people, you're going to spend a fortune for eight afternoon teas. But yeah. you, can, you don't need that much. And if you, I would make a reservation with eight. And you got to order something for each person, but just order four pots of tea yeah. and share the, the trolleys, okay? Oh, thank you very much. Have a good trip with your gang. Thank you. Our guides from London are Stephen Beck and Robert Halkett. They're with us on Travel with Rick Steves to help us plan an ideal week's visit in their magnificent city. By the way, our conversation was recorded shortly before the pandemic began. 
Stephen and Robert tell us about the silly names Londoners have given the tall buildings that have been popping up on their skyline in recent years. You can hear about that in an extra to today's interview, and it's at ricksteves.com radio. Tanya's on the line from Brownsburg, Indiana. Tanya, thanks for calling. Hi, Rick. It's a pleasure to speak with you. So I have a two-part question. My daughter, who's almost 16, I've promised to take her on a trip to London before she heads off to college in a few years. So my first question is, when would be the best time of year for us to travel to London? Given her school schedule, we have the option of going for a week in either late March or mid-October or, of course, during the summer. And we'd like to avoid extreme cold or hot temperatures, um, if at all possible, um, as well as huge crowds. And then my second question, I'm curious what specific attractions or tours in London you might recommend for a teenager who would rather not spend long stretches of time in museums or learning about art and history and hmm. as well with a full week. Should we spend the whole time in London or is there another fairly close destination we should incorporate into this trip as well? Okay, that's a lot of uh, questions. First of all, very quickly about the heat and the crowds, spring or fall or summer. Stephen? Well, I would say uh, March and October are good options. Yeah, just dress properly. Yes, come prepared, absolutely. Because it think. can be hot and brutally crowded in the summer. Life will go easier for you if you just dress for the weather and go in the spring or the fall. Now, Tanya's got a 16-year-old, and she gets bored in museums, but we want to sort of sugarcoat the history and turn her on to all of that great history. What are some fun and accessible ways for a teenager to enjoy the story of London, Robert? There is the Museum of London, which isn't a typical museum because it's designed it's, for school it's groups. Di- really. designed for school groups, and it really brings the city to life in a in a wonderful way. That's the Museum of London. Museum Tanya. of London. It's a very nice museum. There's also Madame Tussaud, which is the Waxworks Museum. Kids um, love that. And, and I, I find love it, that. I find it's really crowded and expensive. It, it is. It's, it's the only museum I know that that charges more at peak time. They they treat it like a, I mean, it's it's very very aggressive, but people love it. You know what's very good is these uh, London walks. There's a company called London Walks. I was just about to say London Walks because you can do London Walks that do music and things that a teenager would understand and enjoy. Street art, beach combing. They're very into music, so that sounds perfect. And And there's a great market, Camden Market, which is great for teenagers. It has the sort of clothes that teenagers wear, the music that they like to buy. Stephen, the Sloan Museum is a great sort of just dropping in on some aristocrat's eccentric collection of beautiful Yes, art. John Sloan. I mean, it's a really eclectic, right. quirky, eccentric. I mean, I think anybody could enjoy walking through it because it's just different. And that's an underrated site. It's never very crowded. Exactly. John Sloan. Yes. And then the, the British Library is a huge building, but there's one room. There's one beautiful room, the Treasures Room. I mean, the British Library has so much, you know, whether it's a copy of Magna Carta, whether it's Shakespeare's first folios, Beatles lyrics sheets. Uh, I mean, it's just got... Original Alice in Wonderland. Uh, exactly, the, as well. The very first maps, the oldest Bibles. It's amazing. Yes. And for a teenager to see that, to, to see the original Shakespeare, to see all of this literary culture, that's a thrill. Tony, there are so many ways. I enjoyed taking my teenage kids to London. There's lots of ways you can do that, but give it some thought ahead of time. Um, uh, there's a lot of history you can see. Actually, there you, you can go into the underground uh, chambers that uh, Churchill ran, the, the government and, and the war in World the War II. Churchill War Rooms. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tony, for your call. Wonderful. 
you've given me so many great ideas, and I'm excited to get planning our trip to London. I'm excited for you to take your 16-year-old daughter to London. I'd say stay in London the whole time. Just settle in. Get a okay. tube Get a tube pass. It's a seven-day tube pass. If you buy that tube pass at Heathrow Airport, you will, for the cost of a taxi to your hotel, you can buy that tube pass. It'll take you to the hotel just as fast. You'll learn how to use the local transit. You've got access to all the buses and all the subway, all the tube, uh, in the center of London for one price. And then it empowers you. And if there's a traffic jam on the streets, you just go down into the tube, and you'll find a traffic jam down there, too. <laughs> no, and you'll get there quicker. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have fun. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking London with our Blue Badge guides, Stephen Beck and Robert Halcott. Stephen and Robert it must be so gratifying to take uh, Americans coming to the to the old country, to Mother England, and, and being just wowed by London. As guides, what's a moment you enjoy sharing most with your visitors? Stephen. Looking at the Dome of St. Paul's Cathedral, perhaps telling them about its ancient history, why it was built, and how it survived two major fires, and particularly... Well, it was built because of one fire, but but surviving 1940 and the fact that most of the buildings surrounding it were rebuilt after the war, the the, the church survived the drama of it, and they just are in that moment. The strength and the spirit of the English people as they came together to survive those dark days of the Blitz. Absolutely. Robert? For me, it's walking the people into Westminster Abbey. Hmm. There's over 900 years of our history inside that building. You can bring the whole the whole city to life in that building. There are so many people. There are kings and queens, prime ministers, politicians, statesmen. The good and the bad of England's history is mm. inside that building. So for me to walk into Westminster Abbey with a group, to turn round and say, welcome to Westminster Abbey, that's my, my job. And my job would be to remind people, don't just go there with no preparation or no extra energy to understand what you're experiencing. Exactly. Do your studying, hire a blue badge guide, take one of the guided tours that are available there, leaving routinely every half an hour there's a guided tour. Use the audio guide that uh, might be coming with your ticket or pay a few extra pounds for that. But take the initiative because you're surrounded by history and every corner of that building is an inspiration. It's an incredible place. If you know what you're looking at. Robert Halkett, Stephen Beck, thanks so much for giving us a better appreciation of your amazing hometown. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. You can experience my favorite European people, places, and stories in my newest book, For the Love of Europe. Order your copy today at ricksteves.com. 